In this episode, we talk about Diablo Immortal and gamer entitlement, and I ramble a bunch when I talk about extra life and fundraising as a content creator. My name is Tim. This is the Insert Coin Theater podcast. Let's start the show. Let's start this episode off with maybe less than a positive topic, but a topic nonetheless that's kind of come to the public eye a bit, and that would be the ever-beloved Diablo Immortal. (laughs) And if you guys haven't heard of this, this is the next Diablo entry, the next game in the Diablo franchise that's coming out that is a mobile game. And it's based off of a Diablo game that was made by another company a while back. I don't remember the name, but I just I'm, I'm remembering the nonspecifics here, but it's really not that important to the topic at hand. What is important is that this is a Diablo game that was announced at BlizzCon. And interestingly enough, people were quite displeased by this. It wasn't like it was a mainline Diablo title. It's not even developed by Blizzard. It's a third-party mobile app, mobile game. And interestingly, the internet gamer hate machine fired up immediately, and you had a lot of displeased people. So a lot of the complaints that I saw levied at this was that it was going to be a microtransaction fest and a big mess and, you know, your typical mobile bullcrap. Another complaint was that people had flown a long distance to go to BlizzCon because Blizzard had teased a new Diablo game, and so everybody was assuming that it was Diablo 4. Follow that up with a lot of complaints about the fact that they felt like it was a a knockoff of this existing mobile game that was not even good. It was a problem in the first place. And they it flopped for a reason. So that's kind of the rundown of it. There's a lot of complaints, a lot of concerns about this game that was just announced, isn't out. And we know very little about it. Ultimately, it's just we just know that it's going to be a mobile game and that Blizzard is hoping that this third party title will bring the Diablo franchise to a wider audience, a worldwide audience that maybe they hadn't got before, namely a lot of the Chinese audience who are very mobile heavy, a lot of the Japanese audience who are very mobile heavy. And I know that it has quite the presence in Japan, but not nearly as much as I think that they would hope that it does, which I think is part of the reason that they released it on the switch Diablo three, that is, and that they're doing this. They're having this mobile game made. So first of all, let me, let me tell you a lot of this, a lot of these complaints come across as entitlement. What's entitlement? Uh, entitlement means that you feel like you have the right to something or that you have a privilege to have this thing. It's defined as the fact of having a right to something. 
or the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Please. I mean, let's let's look at it from that perspective, okay? This is a game company that worked with a third party to develop this title. Interesting that there is a lot of complaining about this because, A, you didn't have to have a new Diablo title. Sorry, but you don't deserve a Diablo title. It's what Blizzard wants to do, really. It's up to them if they want to make it. And we as people who play games, as gamers, do not have the right to dictate what a company does. And I've seen this a lot. And I'm not I'm not saying this is all people who play games. I'm not saying it's all gamers. Let's not get on that train. Let's not do the hashtag not all gamers thing. But let's look at it from that perspective. Demanding that a company make something is asking for a subpar product. If you demand something be made and they're not ready to make it, it's not going to be what you want it to be. I mean, look at Half-Life 3. There's a very good reason we never saw Half-Life 3 and that we never will. The hype and demand is too strong and nothing that ever gets made will live up to that expectation. That said, Blizzard doesn't owe us Diablo. It's their franchise and their IP and they can do whatever the hell they want with it. It's what they want to do with it. And that's why where my confusion comes in is like, if you have such a huge problem with the way that Blizzard runs their business, don't give them your money. People that flew all the way out to BlizzCon specifically for a Diablo announcement, that's on you. I'm sorry, but you go to cons for various reasons, but I have never gone to a con for one announcement or one important thing. And I can tell you very much so that you go to a con for the atmosphere and the fun and you can, you can indulge in all the, the panels and go shopping at the, the ex- exhibition hall where all the, the sales are and stuff like that. While the vendors are don't go for one reason that is lunacy, especially if you're going to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars, that's absolutely on you for putting up more expectations than could be delivered on. That is absolutely your fault. Don't go. If that's the case, Cons are not there to cater to your every whim. They are there to be a place for the community to get together, the fans to get together. And it's a place that Blizzard decided they want to announce their games rather than E3 or other events. And they announced the game. They announced the Diablo title. So don't complain. I don't know. I just I understand the disappointment. I understand feeling like. They didn't deliver on Diablo 4, but that doesn't mean Diablo 4 is not coming out. Yeah, sure, you may have disappointment right now, but there's no reason to take that out on Blizzard. It's a third party game. Judge the game based on its merit. And that's that's what brings me to the whole, oh, it's going to suck. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be a mobile game crap fest. Give me a freaking break, guys. This game, you can't judge it before it even releases. That's stupidity. We haven't had any real experience with it we've not seen any gameplay of it and yeah it may be a mobile game crap fest but ultimately so what does that mean that Diablo's ruined forever I think the biggest problem that I have with the complaints I've seen is that there is this mentality of that PC superiority that whole PC master race thing there's a very good reason that a lot of people view it as a toxic mess 
when people say I unironically, oh, PC Master Race, they are part of a toxic group of gamers who see PC gaming as the end all be all of gaming when gaming covers a depth, a width, a breadth of platforms, control schemes, genres, you name it. To claim that PC is the only real like gaming experience is foolish, silly. And yeah, I'm I'm using some really loaded harsh words there, but I don't care. It's true. From my perspective, gaming is the love of games. I love Super Nintendo as much as I love my PC. I love Xbox One as much as I love PS2. I love the games that have come out on these consoles and the platform matters not to me. It's the games. It's the experience that matters. The platforms are important, but not as important as the games themselves. And I think that's something that we're losing sight of a little bit here is that the fact that it's a mobile game doesn't immediately make it terrible. People are like, oh, the control schemes are bad and blah, blah, blah. There are some really good control schemes out for mobile games. I've played some. Games like Fallout Shelter work way better on a mobile device. And that game is fun as heck. That is a super fun game. It's addictive. It's highly addictive and it's enjoyable and it's not as big of a crap fest as you'd think. There's a lot of that whole, you know, oh, it's going to take more time. You got to let it run or whatever. But that's kind of what makes mobile appealing to me is that I can set it and come back to it whenever I get a chance. Ultimately, I think having Diablo Immortal be a mobile experience may not be a bad thing. It may be garbage. I'll tell you that much. It may be an awful experience. I'm not one to judge it before it comes out. I think that's silly. And I think I'm not a mind reader and I'm not a fortune teller. So it's really, really important that we understand that this game may not be the crap fest it, it is said to be. I can't fault Blizzard for taking their time with their announcements and their games because they come out with good products. Yeah, they're terrible at balancing for PvP and making a fun matchmaking system. Uh, looking at you, Overwatch, looking at you, uh, WoW Battlegrounds and Arena from, you know, Lich King and, and Burning Crusade and before that. But ultimately, the fun is in the game's design and how much care and love they put into those games because they really do put a lot of care and effort into their games. You can't argue that. I don't think that there is a, a truly crappy first-party Blizzard title. I think something that's really important to keep in mind is that this is third-party. It's made by a third-party company. So we need to judge it by the merits of that company. And I think a lot of the judgment comes from the fact that the previous uh, Diablo title that was made by this same company is they're reusing a lot of the assets from it. So that may or may not be a bad thing. Again, we can't judge before it comes out. I think... I think my biggest concern with this whole thing is that like gamers have had such entitlement ultimately on a lot of these big companies because they feel like they have a right because they've I've played this game for 25 years or I've been a I've been a big fan of this company for 30 years or whatever. That doesn't make you any more important than another person. I'm sorry, but fans are fans. Love what they do. You don't have to love everything they do, but Support them in their decisions as best as you can and judge things by the merit of what they are. Sorry about that. My dog is barking. <laughs> that said, I think that it's. I don't know. I just think that we're losing sight of what matters here and what matters here is a good story, a well-designed game 
something compelling that keeps us wrapped in and coming back for a very long time. And that's where my concerns come in. Let's try to judge things based on the final product rather than before they are even remotely complete. I know I'm soapboxing, but I have to, right? I mean, that's what this podcast is. This is where I get to form my opinions and give you guys what I feel about them. And I think that we are feeling a little entitled lately as gamers. There's been a lot of expectations placed on Anthem, a lot of expectations placed on WoW Classic, a lot of expectations placed on Diablo. A lot of these companies that are big names, that are huge and important and influential in gaming, and we put all these crazy, ridiculous expectations on them. It's kind of why I like the way that Toby Fox does things. I'm not a massive Undertale fan. I think the game was fun. It was cute. But he just releases something when he feels like it's ready and doesn't give a ton of spoilers or a ton of teasers or any of that stuff that it's going to come and just releases stuff. I have a lot of respect for that. And I know AAA companies can't really do that because the rumor mill is strong. You have investigative journalists and reporters who have inside sources and and learn about, you know, and have leaks and learn about these games before they even are announced, that sort of thing. So I think it's, I don't know. I just feel like we put too much expectation on these games and that's what leads to this like huge sense of disappointment. And then this outrushing of, well, this isn't what I wanted. This is the way that it should be, blah, 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 blah. And it's not our place to do that. I'm sorry, guys, but you vote with your wallet and what you spend, not with your voice and being negative because you're you're damaging people's motivation. You are ruining the chance to have a good game here. And I think that's what we need to take away from this is we've got to keep ourselves in check. And I know it's hard because we feel like we sunk years of our lives into these game studios and these games So we should have a say in what makes them good. But there's a saying, the game that you want people to make is a crappy game. And there's a reason that they say that is because, yeah, it may sound great in your head, but for the vast majority of people, for a wider audience and for growth of that IP or franchise, your game idea is not good. It's not a good idea for the overall growth of that game. There's a lot that goes into these games that we don't see. People have to make systems that are accessible to a wide variety of people. They have to make gameplay that is fun and enjoyable by a huge array of people. And that, I think, is our one weakness, is our nearsightedness. We have to have a wider, more broadened perspective on what makes these games what they are. And we lose sight of that for our own desires and our own wishes for these games to be what we want. I think that's our big weakness. I really, truly do. And I think we just have to keep that in check, you know? And I think that's the challenge that we face on a daily basis. But we have to be better. So be better, guys. We got to be better. I'm guilty of it, too. I'm not saying I'm some saint. Like, I've done the same thing. I've been like, well, that's dumb. They should do this. And, yeah, I mean... What might be better for my gameplay experience isn't necessarily for everyone's, but I don't necessarily go on the internet and rage and storm about it either and create a dust cloud of negativity. And I think that's the important part is like if we just frame things in a a slightly more positive light, you don't have to love it, but just go into it and say, well, Diablo Immortal doesn't look like a game for me, but maybe it'll be good. That makes a huge difference on everyone's outlook because your your outlook 
has an impact on that overall view. The optics are on us to help form along with the game company. The game itself is on the game company to make and deliver on. And we need to realize that if they're looking for feedback, it's a different story, but they're not looking for feedback. They announced the game. They showed it off and everyone was like, oh, is this an April Fool's joke? Don't be that guy. Don't be don't be that guy. Like you can be reasonable and kind about something and and supportive of these companies that you love. If you claim to love the company, support them. Give them your support. If you if you feel like being negative towards the the leads of these projects and and the heads of these communities is the answer to you your to be your outlet for negativity, please leave that community because you're part of the toxicity. It's all there is to it from my perspective. The way I feel is that you don't have to be sunshine and daisies, but use your power of your voice when it's wanted and and requested going up and being like, eh, is this a late April fool's joke makes you look like a tool. I'm sorry. A lot of people were defending. So, so this, the backstory behind that April fool's joke thing is at BlizzCon when they announced the game, some guy got up and was like, eh, is this a late April fool's joke to like the people who are in charge of the, the Diablo franchise and the community and everything. Really? Come on. I mean, that's, that's disrespectful in any situation, much less in front of their entire community watching this thing. I can understand disappointment, but lashing out, being a dick is not okay. Be better. That's all I can say is just be better. We just got to, we got to improve our overview on games. If you hate gaming that much, Go away from it. If you if you're so disgusted by the things that are coming from gaming, why are you involved? If you have a passion for something, have a passion that can positively impact it. Don't have this toxic. Well, I got mine. Don't turn this into Star Wars. Don't be a Star Wars fanboy. It's not okay, And it's so frustrating to me that people just take it upon themselves to crap all over the things that they love just because they feel slighted. I get disappointment. I understand. I've had to work myself out of that same exact mindset for the last 10 plus years. It's not easy, but we can be better. I try really hard when people ask me about what I think about a game. It's funny because when I'm streaming, people will come in and they'll say, what do you rate this game out of a, out of 10? I never rate a game out of 10. I always say, well, I don't like doing that, but I can tell you this and I'll give some positives. Excuse me. I'll give some positives. I'll give some negatives. Then I'll compare it to a similar game and tell them if you like this, you'll probably like this game. That sort of thing. Rather than being, oh, well, this game is garbage. It's crap. And trust me, I've done that. I've said that before and I regret it. I've apologized for it. I've made the the mistake of contributing to toxicity and negativity. It's not acceptable. I've made the the mistake as well, but we can be better. We can improve. And that's the important thing. So let's do that. Be better. That's all we got to do. We can make gaming awesome by being better. Right now, it's it's really it's it's a field of landmines because of you set someone off. And I find it funny when people are always like, oh, you're so sensitive and oh, you're so snowflake and things like that. And. I'm sorry, but when you are the one that is 
hurtling the insults like that, and then you go and get upset about things like Diablo Immortal, who's the sensitive one here? That's the question. A little bit of inward self-reflection will go a long way for gaming. Let's Even if Diablo Immortal is crap, it doesn't mean that Diablo 4 isn't coming out. My hunch is they're working on it right now. They just they wanted to give you guys something to have in the meanwhile to help build up the story in between three and four. I'm sure of it. I'm sure something along those lines. Blizzard doesn't do stupid things often. And I mean, this is coming from a company that's owned by Activision and Activision is a who doggy. We could get into their atrocities a little later. But ultimately, I think it's just important that we be better. I think game companies can be better, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting the onus on the gamers entirely, but I think it's really important that it starts with us. We are the ones that control these optics in the first place. We're the ones that can spread this negativity and this bad behavior. We can also shut it down by calling out people on it and just putting a stop to it. Let's be better. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, I think my challenge is coming up with a topic of something a little bit more positive and I'm trying to I'm trying to balance out topics a little bit every episode. So if you missed last week's episode, I started off with my Fallout 76 impressions and then kind of rounded into some less than positive topics. So I'm trying to balance it the other way this time. So we start off with something a little bit a little bit negative. I mean, it's not totally negative because I think we can be better. But we also I find it important that we we have something something positive as well in the show to kind of keep keep the spirits up. I don't want to leave you guys feeling all gloomy and doomy because uh, gaming has gaming has a lot of negativity in it. And I mean, it's very true in that regard. And but I love the industry. I love the community built around gaming. And I think it's really important that we also highlight some of the good in gaming in general. So this past weekend was the Extra Life 24-hour game day thing, I think. I know that Rooster Teeth did theirs this past weekend, and they raised like $1.5 million for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. That's incredible. That's amazing. And it just really goes to show what content creators and content creator communities can achieve when they work together. And I think that's so very important. And it's been it's been a real pleasure to be able to offer my own services to these kind of events. And I'm, I'm not a big name by any means. And uh, I don't know if I ever will be. I want to be, and I would love to be. And I think that would be great because this is definitely something that I think I was built to do was just creating content, talking about games. I've just been kind of building up to it for a very long time, but I never had the courage to really jump into it. And I've always been pretty good at talking to people and talking on the fly and impromptu speech and the like, and I'm getting better as time goes on. I feel like I'm doing much better in the podcast as well. I feel like the podcast has really improved. And if you seriously, if you did not catch Thursday's episode, this is, I normally record on a Sunday and I I recorded on a Thursday this past week because I missed last Sunday because of fallout 76. And I don't know. I'm just really happy with my progress so far. I'm really proud of myself, and I know that sounds really narcissistic, and maybe it is a little narcissistic, but sometimes you got to be. you got to give yourself confidence in ways that sometimes are not the nicest, and it's – I've never been a very confident person in myself, and I've never been a very positive person about myself, whether it be my self-image, the way that I speak, my own 
anything about me, really. I've always been very down on myself and very hard on myself. And so content creating has really been an outlet for me creatively because I've never been skilled as an artist. I've tried. I've never been a good writer. I've tried. And it's a really good outlet for me because it allows me to be creative and express myself and my passions in ways that I never was able to before. So a big part of that is why I'm so appreciative of so much support for what I do. And people tell me that my content is good. It's enjoyable. And it's what keeps them coming back day in and day out. Uh, Keeps them coming to my podcast every week. And I'm grateful for you. And I appreciate that. That said, I am more than happy to lend what I can do to these charity events. And we did a 24 hour stream at the beginning of the year. I want to say it was in January. I could be wrong. Maybe it was March. Oh man. It has been a, the year feels like it's gone by in a, in a heartbeat, but it feels like it's been the longest year ever. It's been crazy, but yeah. So I flew out to Minnesota and we did a 24 hour stream with uh, Ben Burns, Attack Burger, Formal Ghost, Mimi's a Nerd, and uh, Eric, or Zach's a CMK. And that was a blast. That was a really, really good time. We played games for 24 hours to raise money for kids. We raised like 1100 bucks. It was awesome. It was super duper rad. We raised over $1,000 in 24 hours, and that's amazing. That is an amazing contribution to children's hospitals. Later on in the year, I did... I don't know how many, I don't think I did anything else. I'm really drawing blanks here, but I don't think I did any other fundraisers this year outside of the, the Scarathon, which was the All Hallows Eve Scarathon this year, which was an honor to be a part of. That's put on by I Am Brandon, Ravenheart, and Rocket Bear um, for the mixer side of things. And we raised a huge amount of money for that. I raised $190 in three hours. That is a huge contribution. Three hours of my time is worth a lot of money. That was awesome. That made me feel really good. And the amount of support and positivity from that was was great. And it was a ton of fun. I had a blast with it. And uh, I think that seeing these kind of contributions coming from content creators makes me really happy inside. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can do more in the future. I feel like my community itself, I had kind of worked into a giving fatigue. And that's part of the challenge is doing a 24-hour stream on your own channel your community comes out, the communities of other people come out and then they've given all that they can for the year. And it happens. It really does. Because I mean, you, you give over a thousand dollars for charity in 24 hours. That's a lot of money across a bunch of people. And I can understand, but I'm also like, I also, I think I worked my community into giving fatigue for my stream as well. (laughs) And I'm not saying that to complain. I just, it's interesting because, um, the donations really slowed down towards the end of the year when I did the donos for PAX West, which is understandable because we hit the dono goal for PAX West and we killed it. And then I put up the PAX South dono goal and it's been, it's been ticking up rather slowly again, not complaining. I think it's, I think it's fantastic that we've hit the goals we have and PAX South was an option until we hit that, that, that sparks goal, which is enough money to cover my food costs for the trip. So we are good there and the community really came through strong. I just, uh, I feel like there is a giving fatigue there and it makes me wonder how much is too much. And does that depend on your community size? And I think it does a little bit because if you look at rooster teeth, they do one 24 hour charity stream per year. 
and they raise like over a million and a half dollars each year for that. And that's huge and massive. So it makes me wonder what the limits are for my size. And if my size continues to grow at the trajectory it does, what does that mean for my my community contributions in the future? It's exciting. It's an exciting prospect. And I just want to see what we can what we can deliver for charity in 2019. And I think that will be pretty great. But that said, I'm kind of wondering what people are feeling in terms of charity streams in 2019. Should we do another 24 hour stream in Minnesota? I don't know. I, I kind of am excited to do that again, but also there's a cost associated with flying out to Minnesota. I have to take PTO, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a little bit more difficult in that regard, especially considering I have a lot of plans for 2019 for cons and for uh, travel as well. I plan on taking a vacation to Japan at some point next year if if we can afford it. So there's a lot of logistics there that I can't really cover in, you know, without really researching it and digging in and figuring out what, what my PTO will look like and et cetera. So, and the like, so it's, it's a tough prospect because I really love doing a charity fundraiser every year and it's a ton of fun and we, we get to goof around and just have a blast with it, but I just don't know yet if Minnesota is feasible. We'll do it either way. I think, I think we'll still do a 24 hour stream, but we may have to do it over the internet again like we did uh, the year before that, because this will be the third year we've done it. And I want this to be a yearly tradition. Me, Attack Burger, and Ben Burns highlighting it and making a big deal out of it and just goofing and having a ball because we had a ball. It was so much fun. The music that was made by Ben was great. It was actually really good this year. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Gold Mine of Garbage song from the first year, Ben, I'm sorry, not so good. I love you, but it wasn't good. Burger loved it. He's a meme lord, though. But the the crowdsource, the community built image, hilarious and amazing. Um, and I think if we keep doing it every year, we'll get into a swing of things where people will know what to expect if we if we time things properly uh, and, and we put up a schedule and try to stick with it a little bit better for the 24 hours. I mean, Berger and I got really close to beating Scott Pilgrim versus the world in one sitting, which was cool. We were so freaking tired though. Oh my gosh, man. We were exhausted by the end of it. And it was, it was morning. We were, uh, we were getting towards the end of things and we, <laughs> we were just doing everything we could to stay awake. I had to keep walking out of the room to go get some fresh air and, and wake myself up. I was so beat, man. I'd been running off of, I think like four hours of sleep, two hours of sleep. Like what was really nice is that we took shifts and that's, what's really good is because all of us work full-time jobs. So, Doing 24 hours straight is brutal. It's so difficult because we're just tired all the time because we try to create content on top of working full-time jobs. And it's a challenge. It's very difficult to balance a 40-hour plus a week job on top of creating 20 plus hours of content a week. It's not easy. And for us to do this 24 hours straight after having worked all week and then having work coming up, it's difficult. It's very hard and it's tiring mentally and physically. And it is a, it is a sense of exhaustion that I rarely experience. So taking it in shifts, having, you know, six hour, four to six hour blocks of where we can go and grab some shut eye, get some sleep is so welcome. And working with three people is great. So we each take, you know, eight hour shifts and then we can stay on for as much as we possibly can outside of that. And that's, it's beautiful. 
it's a beautiful thing and it's so much fun and we play games together and we goof around together and that said we did something with the arcade raiders as well actually that was the other one sorry i forgot you arcade raiders it's been like i said it's been a long year so we did another one with arcade raiders where we did a marathon and we we handed it off and i think we did like 72 hours or something and we just did a handoff across a bunch of arcade raiders members and raised money for that and that was a ton of fun as well and it was fun to get to cooperate and play games with some of the arcade raiders members and we've got a team and we need to really focus in on doing more as a team. I think that's really important, but we've had some drama involved in the last couple of weeks that we are currently trying to let subside a bit first before we start actively going at it as a team again, but we will be in the near future. So that's something. Um, I think it's really important though, that uh, when we do the, the ICT I don't even know what we called it. We called it, um, man, I'm drawing blanks, but with me, burger and Ben, we had a ton of fun with it and we raised some good money. And I think next year we we really need to kind of focus in on how we want to tackle it. But I think having a yearly image, a yearly song is so funny. And I think Ben does a great job with that. And we, we always have a blast with it. It's just, uh, it's just a challenge. If you've, if you've never done like a 24 hour thing, cause One year, the first year that we did Extra Life as ICT, I did it with my buddy George. This was while we were doing the podcast and then we started doing the live streams with it. And I was doing live streams like daily or something like that. And I don't know. It just it was fun. But we did the full 24 hours together. And oh, my God, it was awful. I was the most exhausted I think I've ever been. I slipped, slipped, slept literally for. I want to say 20 hours the next day. Like I slept the entire freaking day. I woke up to eat, went back to sleep the entire day to recover from it. And it was brutal. So if you've never done 24 hours on top of having a day job, don't do it. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. It's not worth the cost physically. Cause I got sick afterwards. I got really sick afterwards, like nasty, cold felt horrible. My immune system was just shot. And that's, That's the problem is that it just kills your immune system and it's brutal. So yeah, 24 hours is not something I recommend unless you can shift it or do a relay, which the relays are fun. Relays are a blast because then you're only doing like eight hours or six hours or whatever. And it's much less stressful in that regard. So ton of fun there. I honestly, I'm sorry I was rambling there, but that's about (laughs) what I've got for this week. (laughs) But that was my positive note. I, I hope that was okay. I I like to talk about content creation, but don't necessarily know where I'm going to go with it. And I didn't have a topic laid out outside of uh, Diablo Immortal being a uh, gamer entitled crap fest right now. So that said, let's jump into the closing spiel here. The ICT podcast is produced by me, Tim Hosey. Insert Coin Theater is more than a podcast. It's also live streams four days a week at Mixer.com slash Insert Coin Theater. But above that, it's also a vibrant and inclusive community on Discord at Discord.gg slash ICT. If you'd like to support my efforts monetarily and help my content creation efforts become a full-time job, please consider pledging on the Insert Coin Theater Patreon page at Patreon.com slash ICT. I'd like to give a huge thanks to Andy B., our Arcade Master level supporter, and our three other Patreon supporters for helping keep this podcast alive and kicking. 
I love you. If you're unable to support monetarily, please consider leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. The positive reviews will help bring new listeners and the podcast will grow in a meaningful way. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or wish to connect with me, please visit me on Twitter at twitter.com slash insertcointim or on Mixer, Twitch, Facebook, or Instagram at insertcointheater. My DMs on Discord are always open and you can reach me there by DMing insertcointheater, hashtag 6969. The ICT podcast intro and the outro song you're hearing now is created by the supremely talented and wonderful human being, Ben Burns. He's also known as Abstraction, and you can check out his music at abstractionmusic.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.